And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you during the week. Uh, and like Elsinore, there's a, a building called the Travi Entertainment Complex that is shutting down. And during the shutdown, odd things are happening, like their website reverting back to like looking like the early 1990s. But no, that's not that's not one of them. I was just looking at it and I'm going, holy crap, who's a web designer? <laughs> so so what are some of the odd things that are happening? Yeah, the the Trevi Entertainment Center, it's um it's an interesting place. I've been in there a couple of times and it, it seems real uh typical Elsinore ish. <laughs> and it, it's um it's actually I think kind of a cool place. It used to be a Kmart and the owner of, of the business, you know, wanted to create this entertainment center and so kind of just took his idea of a, of a entertainment center and put it into what had been a Kmart. So it's sort of kind of forced into that spot. I mean, in a way that like, it's not bad, it works, but it just, it, it has a feel to like, it was sort of molded to what was already there. Uh -huh. it doesn't have that this part I like, it doesn't have that look of the standard big corporate box type entertainment center. These kind of places we've been, something you might see at like, uh, what's that Irvine shopping center. It's got that sort of amusement place out there and it just seems so contrived and so corporate. And Oh, by the four or five and the, the yeah. That, yeah, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah. So that, that kind of annoys me. Whereas the Trevi thing is just like, Hey, just take a building that's already in place and put something in that you know people in the area might like, and it it's got a bowling alley in there, which is it seems like a pretty nice bowling alley. I've been in there, and it's got a couple of really huge banquet rooms that I assume at one point were getting rented out quite frequently. People I know that live in the areas that they've been to quinceañeras there. It's a you know pretty big Hispanic population around there, and those kinds of events are happen a lot. And, uh, yeah, so nice banquet halls and just uh, game areas or uh, all the computer video game type things and all of that. And so, I mean, a, a nice place. I think a lot of people in Elsinore really liked going there. It was right there in town. didn't cost you a lot of money. If you didn't have a lot of money to spend, you could go and play a couple of games or whatever. You didn't have to spend a ton. So, um, but anyways, that's all coming to an end or at least it's – there's going to be a lull and it's going to maybe be transformed into something else. So apparently the owner has gotten into some kind of problems and he's had trouble, I think, making his payments to the people who own the property. And But he's he's had some shady things go on in the past. There was a city councilman who was at, some, at one point, I think, putting pressure on the people who own the Trevi Entertainment Center and trying to get them to... Uh, follow certain regulations or whatever and they they were not appreciative of that and so this owner of trevi he was he had started this covert campaign or he was covertly funding this campaign to uh have this councilman recalled and that attempt failed the councilman later was failed at re-election separate from that but anyways it, it was this kind of weird political kind of intrigue sort of backstabbing kind of thing going on and but anyway the owner of trevi now is just you know not able to 
stay in the in the black and he's uh, officially filed for bankruptcy or just been put into bankruptcy by the authorities and so right now either it'll go away and be well he, i think he's going to go away as the owner of this business and the people who own the property are trying to bring in somebody else and transform it into something else. I hope they do because, I mean, the people of Elsinore need things like that, things to do around there. And it did, it did look a little odd. It didn't look real high-end. But I think people went there and they had a good time. And I never heard about too many problems with crime or anything else like that. So Yeah, and like Elsinore just seems like a place where, oh, you know, just there's not a lot to do. So it, it, when you take away something to do, that's always a bad thing. Yeah, so I hope uh, something comes in there, or, or they just take the Trevi Entertainment Center and there's a new owner, and they make it and kind of upgrade it a little. And it, I mean, because the facility, it's it's pretty nice. Like I said it's got these really spacious um, banquet rooms that, if they got the right kind of promoters putting things in there, it could be a happening place. Yeah, nine hole miniature golf course on the roof. Yeah, sure. There you go. Why not? Um, a Riverside middle schooler faces suspension for bringing his mom's drugs to school. I- I'm not even sure where this middle schooler got this idea. This is just like, well, this is smart. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of guessing that this middle schooler is, has got some issues going on of, for whatever reason. Because, you know, I when you were, uh, what, 12 years old, did you think about going into your mom's medicine cabinet and taking some of the pills and bringing them and sharing them with friends at school. No, no, that never crossed my mind. Yeah. So it's somebody that that's probably troubled or doesn't have a lot of supervision or just got some issues that just thinks that taking weird drugs that you're not sure what they're <laughs> going to do to you is a good idea. So yeah, the, the kid had some, um, you know, I guess these were girls, uh, had some a girl and a female friend of hers had, uh, some Norco, not to be confused with the town of Norco, uh-huh. which uh, <laughs> contains uh, acetaminophen and hydrocodone. Hydrocodone, I think, is a fairly potent drug. And uh, can they said a dosage prescribed for an adult might overwhelm a child. So this could be a serious thing. So oh, yeah. both kids, when this was found out, they, they were uh, taken out of school and they, they were given medical attention and, and they – they're going to be okay, but they are considering uh, not just suspending but expelling the, the student who brought the drugs to school. And um, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's a serious issue. I think uh, you know, I'm not sure how it should be exactly dealt with, but it's, it well, just seems a little weird. It could have been worse. She could have brought her dad's medication to the school. I was I was watching TV this afternoon and. There's some kind of uh, deodorant that gives you more testosterone, but don't touch it if you're a woman, or it might create more acne and a bunch of other side effects. So, oh, you're talking about yeah, like the roll-on uh, testosterone. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. under your arm, so it seems like roll-on deodorant. I mean, it, it yeah. looks that way, but it's it's not deodorant. It, it's testosterone. And yeah. It, I mean, she if she brought in her dad's medications, you know, and and gave them to her classmates that are you know little girls, that that could have turned out a whole lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Uh, I'm kind of guessing uh, there's not a dad at this home. I'm thinking it's yeah, a, probably not. a situation that's not optimal. I'm not saying that single parents can't 
be you know that can't be a good situation but i'm just thinking it's probably not the greatest home life if they're bringing drugs to school from their mom's cabinet probably not um so a private lake in menifee all the fish turn up dead but it's a private lake so there's weird things about regulation because no public waterways go through it uh menifee's a very weird uh city it's like an asterisk onto itself (laughs) yeah we've had other stories about contamination of different kinds and in, in Menifee and so this may be whatever some something's contaminating this lake because we really don't know why these fish are dying and it's a small lake it's like we've all seen these kind of communities there are several in Orange County but they developer builds you know housing community and they surround a lake they build a lake and all the houses the the better ones the ones that cost more are right on the lake that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, some of these places look really nice. And sometimes they let you take little paddle boats out in them and people fish, whatnot. So this is the type of situation. But um, it's termed not so idyllic. And, yeah, especially when the fish turn over and uh, belly up and all on the surface dead, hundreds or thousands of them. So, yeah, this is a situation. And people are concerned, but not seemingly overly concerned and the authorities local or state there's nothing they can really do because what they're saying is that it's a a private lake on private property and it's not connected to any public waterways so therefore the state or local authorities have no jurisdiction so i mean you could see if it was a this lake was flowing into or out of another waterway then that would be concern for the authorities because it, if there's some contaminant that's causing these fish to die, then it could be contaminating other sources. So that's not the case. So they say we can't do anything about it. If, I guess, enough fish washed up dead, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands, and there were flies all over, and this was creating like that type of health hazard, then they would have the authority to step in or even if it was a really bad odor and then it became comes an air quality problem and then that as well uh, a certain authority can step in but until that's the case there's there's not much they can do and i guess they said there's some people still fishing out there so not all the fish are dead there's still some to be caught or at least the fishermen or fisherwomen think that they are saying though if you are one of those anglers, please don't eat the fish. Yeah. Catch any, throw them back. Because we don't know what's killing these fish. It's not something you want to be ingesting. I mean, it could be some toxin. And so they're not sure. Yeah, It's all mysterious now. They're possible, possible explanations that are being thrown around are that there's it's just like a cyclical die-off due to weather extremes. There's oxygen depletion. And then, the, yeah, there are these sort of almost like rumors about some chemical contamination. Who knows how or why it whatever could have happened. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the scene in the Return to Kill of Tomatoes where a kid is uh, fishing in a toxic lake or toxic dump, essentially, and he pulls out a fish and it's like a big skeleton, like a skeleton that's like been morphed into some kind of weird shape, but it was a fish. <laughs> I think it pulled in something like that on one of his fishing like when he was fishing near the nuclear plant that his dad works at yeah or yeah 
You did pull out a three three eyed fish once. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so apparently, you went on a hike with a lost, looking for a lost railroad, and you found a huge trestle. Uh, there's a lost railroad that is outside of Temecula, and it goes to Fallbrook, and the railroad is very short lived for a very good reason. Yeah, you know, I, I drove all the way down to the strange town of Hakumba, like the northeast of San Diego, to check out this lost railroad i i i didn't realize there was one so close to me i mean i guess i'd heard stories about it but i just didn't have a lot of details but didn't realize there was one much closer to me just right outside of temecula and uh this was built uh actually before the lost railroad i visited out near uh, out in the desert northeast of san diego this one was built in the 1800s and they um and it just goes from Temecula to Fallbrook, which isn't very far. And the railroad that was built then went through this canyon, which is the canyon that is formed by the uh, Santa Margarita River, which is the only untouched river in uh, Southern California. It's not dammed up anywhere. Anyway, um, uh, this guy was told, the, the, the guy that wanted to build this railroad, you know, you don't want to build in this canyon here where the Santa Margarita River is because it periodically floods. I mean, really bad floods. He's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. This is, uh, those kind of floods happen maybe once every hundred years. And, ah, you know, we've probably got another 80 years to go. I'll be long gone by then. <laughs> so he decided to go ahead with this. And then after they built it, which was quite an endeavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, used a lot of uh, Chinese labor, which was the uh, thing at that time. People, uh, immigrants from China, working on the railroads. And so they, they built it in just like, oh gosh, within just a year or two of building it, what happened? Just what he was warned against, a major flood. But of course, this wasn't just like standard kind of rainfall or anything that caused this. This was kind of a weird thing that was maybe like not just once every hundred years, but once every like... 5,000 years kind of thing that uh, was the the infamous uh, Krakatoa volcano that erupted in the area near Java in the South uh, China Sea. Just massive, massive volcanic eruption that sent so much stuff into the air that it changed weather patterns for the, a period of at least a year or two and caused tremendous amount of rainfall in the Southern California area and uh, just flooded this canyon like nobody could believe and just completely destroyed the railroad that they had built through there. And he was uh, sort of undaunted and decided he was going to rebuild it. Thought, oh, well, that volcanic thing, that was just really odd. That, that's not nothing like that will happen again. So they rebuilt the railroad a couple years later, and shortly after that, it was just not not nearly as bad at flooding as that caused by the volcano but a really bad uh, year of flooding probably like an el nino type year just a lot of rain a lot of rain just flooded out the canyon again destroyed the railroad i guess he learned his lesson this time and that was it never rebuilt it and so uh yeah this really short-lived railroad that went from temecula to fallbrook in I guess there's still a decent amount of uh, remnants around. You can find, I think there's some little trestles, little bits of track here and there. And uh, it's on my list now, Heather, of places to visit. So I'm going to plan a hike to check out this Lost Railroad, much closer to home. Oh, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, 
Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome, as Thank you for being on the show as always. Oh, it's always my pleasure. Good, yeah. to, talk to, you. Good to talk to you too. And this, of course, is the McCoy Show.